Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Popsicle, a sweet new show where a guest and I laugh up what's new in pop culture. My name is RJ from RJ's Food Rocks, and today is going to be a very special episode because we have a very special guest, themed entertainment queen and branding boba expert. It's Emily. Hi, Emily. <laughs> hi. Hi, RJ. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. I love this topic and I'm so excited to talk to you about it because I know you equally love it as much as I do <laughs> very much so <laughs> yes very excited to be here I can't wait to chat <laughs> yes yes okay so today on the popsicle we will be unwrapping the 2020 film Minari um here is your too cold didn't eat uh, TCDE. So Minari was a film. Uh, it's a semi-autobiographical take on the writer and director Lee Isaac Chung's upbringing. The plot follows a family in South of South Korean immigrants who try to make it in the rural United States during the 1980s. It stars Steven Yeun, Han Yeri, Alan Kim, Noel Kate Cho, Yoon Yoo Jung, and Will Patton. Uh, famously declared one of the best films of 2020 um and let the let the award show it it was er, it earned six nominations uh at this year's academy awards including best picture best director best original score best original screenplay play best actor uh for steven yun and best supporting actress for yun yu jung who won uh the award for her performance making her the first korean to win an academy award for acting only took 93 years but hey you know what <laughs> She's paving the way. <laughs> uh, the movie also won the Golden Globe Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Um, it was nominated for the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. And it also earned six nominations at uh, the BAFTAs this year, including Best Film Not in the English Language. So the film uh, was produced by Christina O oh from Plan B Productions and then later was distributed uh, by A24. Um, just like a lot of the movies of the 2020 season, this movie like premiered in Sundance, I think like early 2020, I think 2019, mm -hmm. and was uh, fully ready to be released theatrically, but because of the pandemic, um, there was a lot of... Uh, kind of like extension and pullback of, of when the movies uh, were released. This movie, mm -hmm. the way I saw it was on a like live, A24 did like live streaming or like live, you signed up for like a live watching um, on your own mm -hmm. home TV that was followed by a Q&A. But since then, um, leading up to the award ceremony, uh, the movie has been released for video on demand. Um, the title of the movie, Minari, uh, relates to a plant. It is a water celery or Japanese parsley. So it's kind of like a parsley vegetable that is native to Korea uh, that becomes uh, kind of like a focal point of the movie thematically and um, right at the end. It saves the day, let's say. So uh, if you haven't watched the <laughs> film yet, uh, we suggest that you watch it before we dive in into this discussion because... We're going to be spoil, spoil, spoiling the movie, but mostly praising the movie. So yes. <laughs> get ready for Spoiled that. Down. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we are going to start uh, like how we do with all of my Popsicle episodes, which is we talk about what we loved about this piece of pop culture, the sweet. So let's talk about the sweet. And we are going to start with Korean excellence, Asian excellence uh, of our, our child star, Alan S. Kim, who plays um, the child in this movie. I, I mean, talk yeah. about a masterful performance from an eight-year-old. And yes. I, as much as I, as much as I loved his performance, I also, I truly feel like 
his performance, like just as himself outside of the movie, has like far exceeded my expectations. His his press work has been amazing. He wore a cowboy outfit to the red carpet. Um, he said Sonic the Hedgehog was his celebrity idol, and he loves BTS. He he, and so as a fellow army, I we have to stand. <laughs> we have to. He's our. <laughs> yeah, I, I what sealed the deal for me. One, he had just a great performance in the movie itself. But, I mean, he's a child actor, so you, I don't know, you can expect it to an extent. But then when you see him in real life and his press and his interviews and you just see, like, what charisma he has as, like, a real child, quote, unquote. And then the fact that he can give that performance, I don't know, just that whole dynamic. I was just like, this kid is everything to me. And I watch his, when he won his award and he goes, oh my goodness, I'm crying. Like oh I watch God. that like once a week. <laughs> that gives me so much serotonin. I just think he's so wonderful and such a, just, I love him so much. <laughs> He is so happy when he wins that award. He like starts by like really calm and collected. He's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I want to thank A24. And then just starts fully crying tears of joy. Like he yes. can't even speak. And it's like, oh, I just want, I want the world for him. Um, yes. I want him to, to, uh, and I, I watched like this one interview of him from like, I don't remember if it was W Magazine, but it was meant to be like, learn Korean kind of thing. So like his, uh, well, he, he was answering both in Korean and in English and it was subtitled in Korean. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because there was one question that he answered and he was like, um, well, first he like sang Dynamite by BTS. I was like, uh, my favorite oh. art is this BTS. And then he sang Dynamite and did some of the dancing. But he also was like, yeah, I come from an acting family. My sister is currently playing young Elsa in the Frozen on Broadway tour. But she's a theatrical actress and I'm a film actress oh. <laughs> or film actor. I was like, <laughs> oh. I love that. I, that's, that's awesome. though Because I remember when they announced that touring cast. And I saw young Elsa was this little Asian girl. And I was like, oh my God, yay. That's so funny. I love that. That's a Yes, <laughs> it's all in the family. The talent from this family. <laughs> um, I, I think like we loved Alan so much playing young David, but I think like this was kind of like a testament of just the cast overall because everyone in the cast mm -hmm. was so good. I mean, obviously, Steven Yun and um, Yun Yo Jung has gotten like accolades for their performances, but everyone else really... Mm -hmm. um, completes the the ensemble here i don't think noel cho as as the sister kate right as yeah. Anne, Anne, um gets yeah. enough credits with her performance because she is like the kid who is she's obviously the older kid but she's still like a child but she has to do those mm -hmm. like Per, like performing that role of like i'm the oldest kid so i have to like take a bigger responsibility mm -hmm. in trying to like keep my parents and like the reality that we're in like together. So she mm -hmm. does a lot of like parenting for David basically um, in the story, which is like, I'm sure resonates with a lot of like, not only like immigrant families, but also just like first, you know, like oldest child uh, yeah. <laughs> in general. And I think she does a really good job of really grounding it. She's also like still fluent in Korean. Um, unlike David mm -hmm. who like only understands, but doesn't really speak that much Korean. So it's like, playing with a lot of dynamics in there that I think doesn't get enough attention because of just how grounded it is. Like the fact that she is still like together throughout the movie shows how mm -hmm. good 
she was. And um, like with her and then also uh, Han Yeri's performance as, as the mom, I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about just like keeping it together for the family and um, really seeing her do an amazing job of trying to support the family and trying to believe that like this could be like you, you want to show that you support and you love and you believe what could happen for mm-hmm. the family, but also like mm-hmm. it's so hard. And she did a really good job of kind of like playing the middle and yeah. um, being able to kind of like push and pull when things are hard and that she needs to break down, but at the same time, pulling it all together immediately as soon as like the family is in need, you know? And I just, yeah. I would have loved to seen her gotten a Best Actress nomination because she did a really yes. good job. Yes, I absolutely agree. And like, also just seeing, not so much her arc, but just the way that she plays like the first half of the movie and then the second act of like see, watching her break down yeah. a little bit more and like that scene outside of, I don't know what do you call it the, the chicken coop area um yeah, when she like yeah. finally you know, advocates for herself and like you know stands up to her husband like that scene itself was just deserved an award in itself so yeah I totally agree I think both Noel and um Han Yeri should have gotten a lot more accolades than they did but you do what you can in these times <laughs> You do, you do. Um, I am curious what you felt about like the the whole dynamic of just the parents because I think mm-hmm. and I I say I this is going to be a a note that I'll make later on but like um, when they interviewed uh, Lee Isaac Chung like he said that like there's kind of like this responsibility that like we have to tell the stories of the older generation because they're never going to tell how hard they had to go through because it's like, why do I want to relive in that time where I had to go through? But it's like, it's a way to kind of like memorialize how hard it was and how difficult it is just to have like our basic life, you know, and where we are today. So I definitely felt that like the pressure for them to just make the correct decisions for their family and Mm -hmm. how they both, had opposite ideas of what they think was best for the family and had to kind of like Mm -hmm. find a way to make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely related to that concept very much um, with the parents specifically. Um, It just, it was very reflective of my experience as a child and I have an older sister as well. Um, And I will say like, we sit with a lot of privilege um, economically and just the way that we've made it in this world. Um, so yeah. it's a little bit different in that respect, but relationship wise between the parents was very relatable to what we grew up with. Um, my dad immigrated from Vietnam to Canada um, during the Vietnam War. And that's when he met my mom and everything. And um, they did very well for themselves in Canada. My dad ended up being an engineer, um, my mom a lawyer, um, but eventually my dad wanted to make the move to the States um, not sure the exact reason. I'm sure it was work related, you know, something along the lines of that. But my mom did have to sacrifice a lot in making that move. She was an established lawyer in Canada. She was like on her way to um, a judgeship, different things like that. Um, so when we moved to the States, there was a lot of resentment there. Um, and again, this isn't a complete parallel to what they were experiencing in the movie, but just having that, di- that dynamic of resentment. And like, I often say, I don't want to, I'm giving my parents grace because I love them very much and they are great parents, but growing up with a dynamic of, 
yeah, like there, there's just so much resentment in that relationship. And unfortunately, um, you know, you often think of like, what if they did end up divorced? And that was part of this movie, spoiler yeah. alert, when, um, the, when Monica, you know, says something about like splitting up. Um, so I don't know, just a lot of those dynamics was very reflective. And it just made me think a lot about, you know, my family and, you know, even this family, the fact that they did stick together in the end, again, spoiler alert, sorry, I'm like dropping so many spoiler bombs, <laughs> but, um, no, you're and, good. Like, hey, we warned them. We warned them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch the movie. Um, but yeah, seeing them like, I don't know, have that resilience in the end and that last scene of them, like all together on the floor, was just a really beautiful thing. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just saw, I, it was very reflective of my experience and I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I would say like it parallels a lot on mine too. Uh, what I I moved to America a little bit older. Um, I was thirteen, mm-hmm. but my dad was very successful in the Philippines. He was in the military. He was in the Air Force. He was actually mm-hmm. retiring uh, as a general. And then my mom was in like a nurse for a neurosurgeon. She was always like very busy and um, yeah, just very successful. But when we moved mm-hmm. to America. Um, they were like, we want, you know, RJ and his brother to have uh, like an American kind of like education and, you know, just like the mm-hmm. American dream <laughs> almost. Yeah. Um, so when I was here during high school, like there was a lot of resentment too, like from my dad who I, who had to adjust also like my parents were both 50, like when they moved. So it was like not only like mm-hmm. clashing culturally, but also like privilege wise too because they had a little bit more they were from a higher like place in the philippines but moving to america it's like just denigrated to Mm -hmm. just an immigrant and like you know and so there was a lot of um kind of like class uh and and privilege that they had to kind of like readjust um and so like feeling that kind of like resentment which like you could watch this film and say that like steven yun's character is like being selfish, right? Or like being self-centered yeah. because it's trying to make this one specific American dream happen, which is like to be a right. farmer, to like actually watch things grow and have actual things that he creates to to help right. support feed the family. But right. it's like when you come from a place where like that literally isn't a, a possibility, like when you come from mm-hmm. countries, that's not even like an option sometimes or like it can't have the same... Like you can be a, a farmer in in a different country, but it's not going to have the same implications or same promise as it is in America, especially like you know mm-hmm. back in where you could make something out of it. Um, I think like yeah, that being in that like it's like trying to be like, how can I fault my my parents for believing in their dreams? You know, right. like that's so sad. Right. right, and I think they show a really yeah. good idea, like a show a really honest depiction of like uh the mom wants to make the family kind of like just be able to like survive and the dad wants to Mm -hmm. like pursue this dream um yeah so yeah it was just really fascinating and like I definitely came out of it being like you respect that generation so much because they are told mixed messages of like your dreams can come Mm -hmm. true if you move to America but also you're it's gonna be really hard for you (laughs) Yeah. yeah and like honestly like one of the most relatable slash like resonating scenes too was when they had to take david 
to the doctors, right? Was that mm-hmm. the, the situation? Um, yeah. And then um, Alan, or not Alan Kim, uh, Stephen Yun's character, you know, brought the crops with him to pitch to the grocery store. And like, you know, he's killing two birds with one stone. But, you know, Monica yes. was offended because they she was like, this is our child. You should be prioritizing our child. But I don't know. I feel like I've been in situations like that before where, you know, we have business and family. And at the end, like, mm-hmm. even when they're, you know, parents can be seen as selfish for these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, you know, this character specifically, you know, he was doing this for the betterment of his family and making sure that there was stability and, you know, just, uh, you know, ability for their family to survive in, in that yeah. area. So yeah, I, I, that was another scene that I was like, yeah, I, I've experienced this. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> I'm feeling that. Yeah. And like, just, being always in like the room of like just with your family knowing how hard they work like um you know when my mom first moved here she had to like completely culture shock adjust from like being in an operating room in the philippines with mm-hmm. to being in an operating room here and like she had a really hard mm-hmm. time because it was so much faster <laughs> she was older um and so she kind of had to like, well, I don't kind of fit in this new dynamic. She ended up becoming more of like a bedside nurse instead and had to really mm-hmm. readjust like her professional experience. And I can't mm-hmm. help but think about the countless number of people who like have like full professions in their native uh, countries yeah. and then they move to America and it's like they're fully relegated yeah. to like service jobs, you know, and like... Mm-hmm just kind of like being the children, the generation under that of like, it's, it's so unfair because then we get to live through and become what we want to be. Like we have the opportunities, Mm -hmm. go to college, become the professions that we want. And it's like, Oh my God, who knew? It's just, it's so, Oh, Oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. (laughs) I I don't know if you've seen this TikTok or not, RJ, but there's a TikTok going around of, um, it's like a lot of like Asian creators are using it of like them whispering, like, I'm sorry, I have to, you know, live within this, these capitalist societies, but my parents didn't move here for me to be poor. Something like that. Something much more eloquent than that, but it's so funny. I'll have to send it to you. But I'm like, I mean, full relatable content. Yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry that I have to play into like, yeah, capitalistic, whatever crap. But like right. my parents literally <laughs> moved here for me <laughs> to be able to do that. So that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. It's so much more. It's so much more than that. Like our, you know, our experiences and things like that. But is that um, TikTok and in specifically is just so funny. <laughs> um, we cannot talk about this movie without talking about Yoo Jung's performance as Grandma. How many? How many? Um, not only is she like an icon and fully like before this movie already had an illustrious career in Korea that like, it was even kind of shocking that, and I've watched interviews with her, like Bang Jun ho interviewed her um, with her experience mm-hmm. with this movie. And she was fully like, yeah, it's so weird. Usually when I'm, um, when I'm in a movie, I don't get called in for the first day of shooting, but I was there. <laughs> and she was oh. like, it was so hot. And like, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of things that I'm used to, but you know, it's a good story. So I, I was like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And I think like, <laughs> even when she was like accepting the role, she said that she 
didn't fully read the script, but she just asked, like, is this a real story? Is this Lee Isaac Chung's real story? And they were like, yeah, this is his his family. And mm-hmm. she was like, okay, I'll do it. And it's just like, I don't know, like, it goes back to, like, the power of the story, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that they kind of used Grandma's character as a way to really make you think about, oh, like, the culture the Mm -hmm. um the stakes like of of what you're doing like she definitely Mm -hmm. like did like mix up the whole story by adding her into it and adding basically another person to to be a dependent and um and have to Mm -hmm. take care of uh but after at the end of the movie when what happens happens and there's a scene (laughs) where grandma just like starts walking to not to nowhere um because of like what has happened and just like trying to process the trauma and like Mm -hmm. the two children just shouting at her like grandma come back grandma come back and just following her after the movie I had to like stop and literally sit in this chair that I'm sitting in right now in this corner and I just started bawling like from here like fully five minutes after we watched this movie I just sat here and started bawling because I could not get that image out of my mind because it was like that is the full epitome of like just like that pain and that struggle to get Mm -hmm me to where I am today just to like be here and I was like girl I cannot do this I cannot yeah. unpack this right now I am so yeah. busy I do not have time for this oh my god yeah yeah the last 20 movie or sorry the last 20 minutes of the movie are very hard to watch <laughs> um I yeah. yeah I really have to you know yeah just be very present in, in watching it and <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just amazing. And I, I feel like her performance, too, is just a testament of, like, the authenticity of Lee Isaac Chung's story and his, um, you know, and what he wanted to tell. Because the way that she's depicted as a grandmother, even so, is you don't see that often with, like, Asian family dynamics on screen. Um, mm-hmm. So you could just tell that it was, like, so genuine, the relationship of her with David as well as her relationship with Monica and like Monica asking her to come and like live with them. Come, I thought it was yeah. just really nice to see. Um, but yeah, any, any story <laughs> that has to do with sacrifice, I get very emotional <gasps> with. I have to like build myself up to the courage know, to watch it. Um, so yeah, I, I get where you're coming is from. <laughs> that, is that our plight as like first generation uh to like uh we're always our first main trigger is like look at what your parents have done for you i'm like oh my god (laughs) like truly defines yeah i don't know if you not to go on another tangent i don't know if you've seen wind the spark short on um from pixar um oh my god oh my god (laughs) that pains me (laughs) like it's literally that and you it, that's the thing yeah. what i'm talking about it's like our generation you know how many asian uh people our age are working at pixar right now that are just like popping yes. up this content it's like that it's um the one where they're like it's the it's the the autism one like that's one the too float, yeah like, Yes, yeah. I mean, like even bow, like my God, like fully, like we are so we are so triggered by like what our family has done for us, just so we could like be yeah. in this country. It's so, yeah. 
insane and like I feel like kind of like defines our generation which is like I've never really thought about that until today absolutely yeah. oh my god happy yep. AAPI heritage month from the popsicle yeah. exactly <laughs> Oh, (laughs) all right. Well, unfortunately, we do have to talk about stuff that we may not have liked about this piece of pop culture. We usually call that the sticky in our show, but I'm not going to lie to you. There's really not much. Our main Mm -hmm. sticky was like, should have won more awards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I mostly said, like, should have won more awards. And I think, like, I did have a bit of, like, I feel that, and this is, oh, my God, we're going to get so philosophical right now. But, like, (laughs) I was feeling guilty for celebrating Minari because nothing was paid to The Farewell, which was my favorite movie of of the year before, which is, like, in parallel, a lot of similar themes. It's, um... I think like the farewell tackles a little bit more of like the cultural clash versus the insular Mm -hmm. like family dynamic of Minari because the farewell was more specifically about how can this Chinese American person deal with um, like traditions from their Chinese family that she completely does not understand and feels like so wrong, but it's like, that's Mm -hmm. tradition. So like tackling that and like, the farewell basically got dust last year. I mean, they were yeah. able to win Independent Spirit Awards for Best Feature. Um, the Grandma won uh, a Spinner Award. Aquafina won the Golden Globe for uh, Best mm-hmm. Actress in the Comedy Series. Um, but that's the thing. There's countless other movies and content that are like that that got nothing. And it's like, I hate that it's like, well, now it's trendy to like... Um, Mm-hmm. of movies or content from like marginalized voices so now we'll pay attention to them and it's it sucks mm-hmm. because that's really a bigger complaint about just the culture in general and the industry in general that like we need to like yeah. amplify these voices <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and I don't know like if it comes from like a business or a marketing stance as to why you know some films don't get, you know, as marketed as others. But um, another one that I brought up was Tiger Tail that came out last year. Mm-hmm. That was Alan Yang's um, semi-biopic as well. Actually very much a parallel to um, Minari as in terms of just subject matter. Um, yeah. Multi-generational, you know, subject of lots of flashbacks of the father and the sacrifices again that he had to make coming over to the States and different right. things like that. Um yeah, it was a wonderful film, but unfortunately didn't get a lot of recognition. Um, I thought it absolutely deserved. Um, so yeah, it is, it's interesting to see like what gets picked, picked up, so to speak, and what doesn't. And unfortunately, like the frustration that I have a lot of the times is like, it's easy to really like put an ease, a, a target on like these types of films backs because people feel like, I don't know, I'm, let me try to explain this, but like, because they're kind of one in a dozen, people find them like very yeah. easy to like tunnel vision and be like, oh, this is what's wrong with yeah. it. This is what should have been done. And this is what the real immigrant mm-hmm. story is and things like that. But, you know, there is a broad scope of content and media that's being made that, you know, tells lots of different stories. So I don't know. I just feel like, you know, there are people that want to make these sorts of films, these sorts of videos, yeah. different things like that. And, how do we put the spotlight how do we broaden that spotlight too so i don't know (laughs) 
Yeah. And that's the thing too, like the diaspora, you know, like we are, t we are showing one specific like Korean immigrant, immigrant story, but like mm -hmm. the nuances of like, like a Vietnamese story or a Filipino story mm -hmm. and even, or like a Chinese story will be like a complete, it's a completely new world and a completely new mm -hmm. story with new nuances. So I think like, yeah, when there's just one, of course, you're not going to get anything like you're not going to. Um, it's not going to represent the whole entire like Asian immigrant experience yeah. because there's just one that year. Um, so yeah, I do right. wish that like this helps more of this type of content, this type of media, these stories to to be promoted. Um, and then the last mm -hmm. thing about this movie that I just felt sticky with was that like the racism wasn't rampant, which I was really afraid of. I was like, I do, if yep. I see a single bashing if i see a single like like um will patton's yeah. character like fully gave me like mm -hmm. oh my god he's gonna completely destroy this whole thing because he thinks it's like sinful yep. he's gonna burn this whole <laughs> barn down and i was like i was like dreading yes. if i got a single like violent action against races uh mm -hmm. due to racism i would have been like i i can't do this movie anymore but they mm -hmm. they didn't do that which was like great but there was like evident racism and it just felt like unnerving like there was this tone the mm -hmm. entire movie that like something could happen which is terrifying mm -hmm. especially if you think about like koreans in the 80s in arkansas that is so mm -hmm. terrifying to me now like i yeah. I would not, I would not be there. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And like, I don't know, now that you explained it really well just now, and I wonder if that was, you know, an intentional thing that was done with yeah. the directing of like, because, you know, you, as, I don't know, any marginalized group like feels that kind of like looming presence of, oh, like, oh shit, is something going to happen um, yeah. in like our daily lives? Um, so I don't know, you just explained that really well. So maybe that was, you know, an intentional piece. But I agree. Once I saw Will Patton's character pop up, I was like, oh, God, like, oh, no. what's going to happen? Literally the entire family. time, the movie, I literally, literally the entire movie, it was like, he's going to like kill them. He's going to kill them. <laughs> and like, that's the unfortunate part. Like we, we. And you even see it there, like in the movie, like Steven Young's character, like he was so skeptical of any outside help mm -hmm. whatsoever. And like, yeah. mm -hmm. obviously, if you find people, the, they can be there for, to help, which I think like that's kind of like what Monica's character was was trying to like show. Like mm -hmm. there, if there are people willing to help, even if it's just like me, like, be, you know, a, a spirituality thing, like a religious thing, because I just need mm -hmm. something to get through the like unknown of what our life is right now. Yeah. Um, even the like water douse, you know, like the dousing rods of like trying to find the well, like that was such a, yeah. a great image of like, not, not comfortable doing it in the beginning, but then like fully, like, let's do it at the end. It's, it kind of shows mm -hmm. that like, how much are we willing to be flexible with our own internal, like things with our culture. Um, mm -hmm. But still like, still keeping what's important to us like close to us mm -hmm. you know yeah man yep. this movie really made me think about a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> i need to watch it again like watching it once was not enough 
I know. I think so too. I've, yeah. I mean, I've seen like the farewell multiple times and every time it like, mm-hmm. there's something new that I'm like, oh, this, this small detail. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in Minari, like that's going to, the same thing is going to happen. I mean, even like, you know, when, when the grandma finally comes and they're like smelling like the foods and the stuff that she brought from Korea, mm-hmm. I'm like, very relatable. Like, <laughs> like my mom yeah. is here this weekend. She literally did that. She's like, I have a bag full of food for you. <laughs> so yeah. I just know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever had a uh, Minari? No, I have not. So I'm really curious yeah. to like figure out how to like best use it. Yeah, me neither. I haven't either. But when when they were showing it on screen and like how they were using it, it reminded me a lot of watercress, which we eat a lot in like Chinese and Vietnamese mm-hmm. foods. Um, and I will go to my grave yeah. saying that that's like the best green in the world. So, um, but yeah, I want to I want to see if it's similar. <laughs> I love watercress too. Like growing up, mm-hmm. we would always go to this one restaurant that had like a, it was a Japanese restaurant, but it always had a mm-hmm. uh, kani salad, which is like a crab stick salad that mm-hmm. and I was like there's a taste to it and like there's something different about it a couple years later I realized it was QP mayonnaise so obviously but then a oh, couple yeah. years after I discovered it was watercress I was like oh that's what it is yeah <laughs> the journey uh all right let's wrap this up because I can literally talk about this movie for like another hour or two um but we won't Mm -hmm. do that um so to wrap up Minari is a very honest and beautiful portrayal of you know kind of like this family um uh, it's really great to see an Asian story that's told outside of like what what pop culture is usually what we've known to be Asian culture which is like outside of a Chinatown uh, mm-hmm. rhetoric the fact that it's in like a rural america is like i think what was so um drastic uh at first um uh, which i think is mm-hmm. is really great yeah and i just wanted to touch on that a little bit too cuz i think that's you know part of asian stories that we don't often see in media like mm-hmm. you were saying um i don't know when i first saw the trailer and saw that that was kind of the um what's the, the word like setting the setting for the film itself that was what really made me very interested in the film itself um i yeah. had a boss in one of my older jobs that i had and he's Hmong, and he was telling me that you know there is this there's this huge Hmong um community in like michigan or the midwest um because mm-hmm. when they were yep. immigrating to america that's kind of where they came to minnesota and there's like a whole farmers farmers association over there and like people don't realize that and i feel like a lot of the times we get pigeonholed into being, you know, we're in Chinatown in San Francisco or New York or what have you. But, you know, the Asian immigrants uh, experience is just so much more than that. And I know, again, like that, this, that's just really what attracted me to this movie at first was just seeing that like rural Asians and like what we go or what people have had to go through, like in those experiences. So yeah, I just love it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for me, my biggest takeaway was really, I mean, honestly, the the minari of it all, like because mm-hmm. because it was such a deliberate plot point that like it felt like it felt like when they planted the minari, it was like just something that just like disappeared, and then fully yeah. becomes like the ex machina at the end that ended up saving mm-hmm. them. It's like that's the full yeah. culmination of like taking what you find important in your like original culture where you're from taking it with Mm -hmm. you and not losing sight of that because you never know what it's going to like pay off for you. 
girl i am oh my god like <laughs> seeing that visualize i was like ah, it was yeah. the minari all along <laughs> i know yes this film is like a literal circle when you watch it like you see it as a circle in your head and yeah it's so good and then like having the ability also to like share share that with people and you know that's gonna become their livelihood and they're gonna be able to share that and i think yeah. it's really special yeah Oh, yeah. I and like Minari this is a complete <laughs> yes, Minari Ola. A complete like sidetrack to, or just like side note. It's just like for me personally, as someone that has always wanted to like write something that ex like shows mm -hmm. my family's like just like what we went through. This mm -hmm. movie really was like, oh, RJ, you can do it too. And like learning more about like Lee Isaac Chung, how he developed the story, like. He wrote this while he was like teaching in Korea, really like mm. thinking about like, wow, look at what my parents actually went through. I think this is mm. a story that I need, like I feel so strongly to tell. And I have a lot of those that I've, you know, worked drafts in and that stopped because like mm. I lose steam. But like it's movies like this where I'm like, oh, I need to go back and like, you know, work at it again. <laughs> Yeah, so. do it. I will watch that movie. I'll I'll help fund that movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, usually, some sometimes on our episodes, we also share like a recipe that I've created during the um, just like that's influenced by this movie. But thankfully, A twenty four and the whole publicity team over at A twenty four is doing the work. So not only do they have like, first of all, these amazing set of postcards that they're selling um, and their merch for Minari is so good. There's what there's a set of postcards that they're doing and the artwork is like the Minari cast as the Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving. Oh my God, it's beautiful. I want to oh, like- Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, I'll send you the link. I'll put the links on the, on the episode. <laughs> but um, they actually, for free, and I'll put the link down below, for free, you can download family recipe cards uh, that are- based off of Minari, like the cast's family recipes that they, they've shared um, mm -hmm. to help promote the movie. So um, you can download those recipe cards below. I'll be making some of them. I'm very excited. So anyway, <laughs> whew, after all of that, uh, all that amazing discussion, we finally reached the end. So thank you so much for joining this episode of The Popsicle. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and let us know what you think about Minari. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you leave us a rating or review. Tell me what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear more in the future. So on the Popsicle episode that is coming out on May 27th, we will be doing our next book review. It is What's Mine and Yours by Naima Coster. So make sure you get your copy. There's a link to, to get a copy on the episode notes. Uh, Emily, thank you so much. Please plug away whatever you'd like to plug. Where can people find <laughs> you and all that? Thanks for having me. Um, let's see, what's a plug? You can definitely follow my Instagram. It's at emilybhlee.art. Um, I post a lot of my personal projects on there. You'll see some RJ Food Rock stuff on there. <laughs> um, but we, my partner and I, we just bought a house. So we're actually planning on making some house renovation content. If you're interested in any of that, please yes. give a follow. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're ever looking for um, graphic design work and need a freelancer or consultant or anything, let me know. And you can see my work on my Instagram there. So. Yes. Emily also helped to develop and by helped, I mean, she did develop the branding and the <laughs> images that you see for the Amplivers that you're looking at right now, um, as well as RJ's Food Rock. So she's, she's great. We cannot, uh, 
we cannot recommend her enough. Um, you can find me at RJ Food Rocks on all of your social media and my YouTube channel, RJ Food Rocks, premieres a new video every week. The Popsicle is part of the Ampleverse. You can find all of our shows on theampleverse.com. Thank you again for watching and listening. This has been The Popsicle. Bye. Gamsamida. Bye. 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 Bye.